Need a hand? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Got a light? No. Sorry. I gave it up years ago. But, uh, I can give you a ride if you need it somewhere. Sure. That'd be great. Sorry about Daisy. She's spoiled. She likes to keep an eye out on the road ahead. I see. What kind is she? Little lab, little retriever. Yeah. We have a lab. Well, at least I... I think we still do. I mean, yeah. He should be alive still. I haven't seen him in a while. I, uh, I haven't been home in a while. Oh, yeah? Where you been? I've been away. I've, uh, I've been away a while. Work? Travel? Both? In one mile, what, uh, take exit 119 south. What? Then turn left onto Eastwood Yeah, Road. okay, we get it. What line of work are you in? I tried to start something. Business. My dad helped me out and I don't I don't think it turned out the way that either of us had hoped. You know, it's uh you think you got it all figured out. It's like like you know what's coming next. just falls apart yeah yeah you'll have that it can be tough out there but I'm sure your family will be excited that you're coming home I don't know man oh come on man I was young once I know the feeling being away from home for a long time I bet you can hardly wait for those home-cooked meals. Oh, man, I can still remember your mom's lasagna. Yeah, she made the I best said, well, lasagna. you'll have it on this bed. I'm glad you Don't get me wrong. My milk, home-cooked meals, the work. I'll tell you. 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 I'll tell you
You okay? I think I can do this, man. Sure you can. It's home. It's where you're from. It's part of you. And I think we're here. Today I want to continue our, our uh, series on the very short stories of Jesus told through the parables that are found all through his teaching. And uh, you probably guess that today uh, we are going to go to Luke chapter 15 and we're going to look at the story that Jesus told of the prodigal son. The prodigal. It's a powerful story to see it enacted like you saw in the video is even more powerful. And uh, I want to speak today uh, about, uh, about this. And um, I want to preface everything by asking you, is, is there spiritually a, a distant country or distant place that you spiritually have decided to drift off to? Is, is there a choice that maybe you have made that is outside of God's best for you that you have taken upon yourself to do and Maybe now you're realizing, or maybe you haven't realized it yet, but you will, but you're realizing that it is a terrible decision to make. I, 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 want, to, I want to take a look at this story and caution us, and I also want to encourage us to know that we will always be at our best when we're in the presence of our Father. 
So if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? And we're going to look at Luke 15, and we're going to start in verse 11, and we'll go to verse 24 with this uh, text. Are you all there? If you don't have your Bible, uh, you could follow along in the scriptures on the screen. Let's start in verse 11. Here we go. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long, after, <clears throat> not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his sense, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Lord, would you speak to us today through your word? As we retell this story, Lord God, that, uh, that you shared Jesus to many people, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey. And Lord, I'll thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this story is very interesting. And again, I think it speaks to people no matter where they might be in their spiritual journeys. There might be some here today that you're reading the story and you're saying, well, this doesn't apply to me. I'll get to you later. Okay. There might be some people that have totally walked away from the Lord. You're on the other extreme. And today, as you hear me sharing this message, you're at a place where you're, you're distant from Him, and even if you attempted to come back to Him, you're not sure how He would respond. And then there are some right in the middle. And, and I fear that many churches can be filled with people that are kind of in the middle. You're at that point where you're considering making some decisions that are outside of the will of God for your life, totally outside of what God wants you to do. This morning, I want to take a real deep look into this story. And you'll, uh, you'll notice that we have some baseball imagery for you today. That's going to make sense to you in just a few moments when you see what our main points are today. But I'd like to take a closer look at the prodigal son's journey here today. Because some of us might, might find out that there's a more of a resemblance to us and the prodigal son than we realize. 
So let me break this down <clears throat> in just three. And, and I caught a bad cold this week. And so it's not COVID. You're all okay. It just, it's all my throat. So if I sound like Darth Vader or, or like uh, the worst of your nightmares, okay, it's just the cold. It's not me. Uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's the cold and not me. Um, but uh, let, let's, let's break this down into three different parts. You ready? First of all, the sun walked. The sun walked. He walked away from his father. Now let's point something out. The father did not kick the son out of the home, correct? Uh, God is not in the habit of kicking people out of <clears throat> his presence. In fact, some of us have this weird picture of God that he just can't wait to nail us. He, can't, he cannot wait to catch us doing something wrong so that he could just make our life miserable. Praise the Lord. That's not what he does. It's not what he's about. It was the son that did all the walking. It was the son that made the bad choices here. And I guess I need to preface everything by saying if your walk with God or if your life in general is less than ideal, the last person you need to be blaming is God. I, I almost laugh at people who make all these terrible choices and then life starts crumbling around them and they say, where was God? <clears throat> really? It's like, no, I won't say that. So, so we, we can't blame God all the time. The son, it was his actions, set this whole thing in place. Look at the scripture again. Here's what it says. The younger, verse 12, the younger son, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he, he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Hmm. Now, was it at all appropriate for the son to ask for his inheritance before the dad died? No. And this, is, this was the beginning of the domino effect of the disaster that the prodigal son was experiencing here. He wanted his share of the inheritance and he wanted it now. Does that not describe our society? I want something that doesn't really belong to me and I want it right now. In fact, I demand it. Do you know what we call that? That's called lust. I want something that I should not have and I want it now. That's lust. See, a lot of us think that lust is just a sexual thing and it is, but it's not just that at all. Uh, you, you could have a lust for, uh, for, for money. You could have a lust for all kinds of things that don't belong to you, and you could desire that at a pace that is way quicker than what God wants you to have it. And that can be the beginning of the end for a lot of people's relationships with the Lord. Look at this. The son wanted something more than what the father could give him. 
The son wanted something more than what the father could give him. So the son left him. He walked. He walked. And please keep this in mind. Whenever we choose to walk away from God, God won't stop you. So please don't come to me with, why did God let me do that? I've heard people say that. Why would God let me do that? Why would God let me buy this car that I cannot afford and knew I couldn't afford? Why would he do that? Because you're not a robot. He gives you this thing called free will. You can make your own choices. Sometimes we mess up with those choices, right? So if we choose to walk away from the good things of God and God's best in our lives, the Lord will let it happen. And now listen, he won't enjoy any, any second of it. But he, will, he loves you enough. Get this. He loves you enough that he wants your love back to him to be one out of free will, not because you're made to love him. And so he will risk. He will risk your rejection of him if you decide to walk away. The son wanted something more than the father could give him. Here's what it comes down to. We make a huge mistake when we think that something or someone will complete us more than our Heavenly Father will complete us. That's why, for example, that's why, for example, we see some ladies bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. How many soulmates can you have? You have more soulmates than socks. And, and the reason why, the reason why is because you're trying to find what God can only do in your life. You're trying to find that through some guy. Gentlemen, I love her. I love her. Oh, I love her. Oh, I really love her. Man, I love her. This one reminds me of mom. I love her. And, and you're trying, you're trying to find somebody to complete you. Nobody will complete you like God. So there are people that will actually compromise their own standards because they're trying to get, are you ready for this? They're trying to get a cheap imitation of what only God can give you. And when you find yourself compromising to get something that only God can truly give you, like identity and security and hope and happiness and peace and love, when you try to find that anywhere else or in anyone else, you will end up in a pig pen. It's disastrous. And could it be that there are people sitting in churches Today, that we'll call ourselves Christians because we really want to go to heaven, right? But, but we keep making these decisions 
that are outside of God's best for us, but we're trying to be completed somehow, some way in what we can do or in another person or maybe in a status that we can somehow achieve. And I'm just telling you, it's not going to work. It's not that you don't love Jesus anymore. You just don't love him as much. Let me say it again. It's not that you don't love the Father anymore. You just don't love him as much anymore. When you let go of God's hand and join hands with something or someone else, the last thing you're going to want is God's presence. If you have to let go of God's hands to get anything, you'll never be satisfied. Never. Everything you do, everywhere you go, every relationship you have, pursue that thing while holding on to God the Father's hand. The son walked Look what it led to. Not only did the sun walk, but the sun struck out. See what I did there? Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. It took me forever to find those baseball graphics, so you better like this. All right, here we go. <laughs> the sun struck out. Again, God the Father let him go. The Father let him go. Look what it led to. Verses 14, 15, and 16. Here's what Jesus says. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Time out. Time out. Jesus is speaking to a primarily Jewish audience. Now, this might not bother any of you because we love our pork. We love our ham and hallelujah for bacon, right? Biggest amen I've gotten today. Here we go. But to the Jews? Okay, pigs. That was the most disgusting disgusting, unclean animal there was. And Jesus says that this son who had all these riches all to himself was brought to the point where he is now feeding pigs. It gets worse. Look at the screen. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And no one gave him anything. So Jesus is, is talking to this primarily Jewish audience and he says, folks, when, when, when you make decisions like this, it's not good. It will cause you to do things that you never thought you'd ever do. It'll put you in situations that you thought you never, ever would be in. When you act outside of the presence of God, See, that the, the son, the son's choice, it left him hopeless. Did you catch the first verse? Before we even got to the pig thing, did you catch the first verse? The pig thing. There was a famine 
in the land. You know what always follows when you, when you act outside of the will and the presence of, of God the Father? There will always be famine. You, you'll always come up dry. You will not be satisfied. What you thought would be so plentiful and satisfying and fun and life-giving, it leads to nothing but death. Now, don't get mad at me. This is Bible. He was hopeless. But you'll always find famine when you do things your way instead of God's way. I said you'll always find famine when you do things your way and not God's way. The son's choice left him hopeless. Secondly, the son's choice left him homeless. There was no longer any sense of belonging for the son. I better say that again. There was no long, you're lucky these cameras are on because that's a floor point right there. Uh, <clears throat> when, when we do things our way instead of God's way, we lose our sense of belonging anywhere at all. This son who had everything, and obviously the, the father in this story has great wealth. He's got servants. He's got it going on. And, and now, now, now the son has no place to even call his home. And he has to hire himself out to feed pigs. The son's choice left him hopeless, left him homeless, and really left him helpless. Left him helpless. This is what choices like these do. And even in the midst of his worst desperation, even being so hungry that he wanted to share the food with the pigs, he couldn't even get that as a food choice. See, this is the trick that the enemy pulls on us. When, when we try to act outside of the will and the best that God has for us, we think it's going to be great. Oh, I'm out on my own. I'm going to do whatever I want and God's going to let you go. But guess what? You'll find, and it won't take long, that you'll be hopeless Homeless and helpless. The support system you thought you had, you're not even near it anymore. The, the resources that you thought you had, they're not even there anymore. Everything that worked for you in the past doesn't work for you anymore. So what do you do? What, what did the son do? Well, the son walked. The son walked out, or the son walked. Thank God, the son made a home run. See what I did there? Okay. 
The son ran home. He ran home. And Jesus kind of gives us a peek at what was going on in the son's mind as he's making this decision. Check it out in the scripture, starting in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, and that would be my plea to anybody who is even toying with any kind of decision that would remotely be like doing things your way instead of God the Father's way. It's time to come to your senses. This is not the way to go. Oh, that's not nice. I don't care. Listen to me. I'm tired of seeing people's lives messed up because they think they know better than God the Father. I've been around long enough to know that we do ourselves no favors by trying to do things our way instead of God's. So we need to come to our senses just like the son did. Let me keep, let me keep going. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Let's pause there for a moment. I want you to understand that this son had it in his mind that yes, I'll go to my father, but I'm going to have to earn my way back into his good graces. Let me say that again. Let me say it again. His plan was to go and say, Father, make me like one of your servants. I'll work myself back into your good graces. I'll do and I'll do and I'll perform and I'll accomplish all this and then maybe you'll accept me. You ready? So he got up and he went to his father. (laughs) Verse 20. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Forgive me for taking a little bit of liberty with this scripture. And I've done this before with this story. But I think there is a part of this story that may be missing. When the son came to his father and he said in verse 21, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, do we remember the script that he came up with on the way there? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Make me like one of your hired men. So the the part that's missing is this sound. That's the sound of his father putting his hand over his son's mouth while he said, he would have none of it. He might have come with the intention of trying to earn his way back to his father's graces. 
But all it took for his father was to see his son again. He said, servant, I'm not going to make you a servant. You're my son. Stop this. He didn't slap him, but stop. (laughs) It's like the mafia. But look at this. If you want to make a home run today, the lost son remembered that he was still his father's son. And dad reminded him of it because he would not even let him go on with this make me like one of your hired men script. And you see, when we come to God, sometimes we think, okay, 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 God, I messed up, so here's what I'm going to do, okay? (sighs) All right, I'm going to clean every toilet in the church. Uh, I'll work in the nursery once a year. Uh, and, and, we, and we give God our list. Like God saying, whoo, all right. We got ourselves a keeper. The father said, you're my son. God, the father looks at you and says, you're, you're my daughter. You're my son. You're still his child. Yeah, but I've made some stupid mistakes. You're still his child. Parents, if our children make a bad decision, they are still our children, yes or no? How much more when God the Father sees us make some bad decisions? See, look at this. Life and people may change, but you will always be God's child. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The moment you ask for forgiveness is the moment that he grants it. The son remembered. Secondly, the son risked his father's reaction. He had no idea what his father would do. He wasn't sure what his father would say. But listen to me here. No matter how badly we've messed up, we can still come home to the Father. No matter, how, no matter how many people it has hurt, no matter how much damage has been done, no matter what consequences still may await you, you could still come home to the Father. He will not reject you. And then finally, when he made this home run, he, the lost son, received forgiveness. He received forgiveness. Wow. Remember that verse that I quoted earlier in our service? I told you you'd see it again. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There is always a place for you in the presence of the Father. No matter what bad decisions we've made, no matter how unfaithful we've been, no matter how badly we've gotten it wrong, no matter how many people we've blown it in front of, there's always a place in God's presence. Now, 
Remember the group of people I said I'd get to? Oh boy, that's, that's for someone else. I'm good. The story doesn't end here. I just didn't read the end. I'm going to read the end now. And this might be for the rest of us as I get ready to close. Verse 25, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother's come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he didn't even call him his brother, didn't even call him his brother. When this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. I'm convinced that if a little brother bumped into his older brother before his father, he never would have made it home. This is a message to the church as well. Older brother, we may be very quick to remind God how great we've been and how imperfect somebody else has been. And because of that, we cannot even celebrate when somebody who was lost, greatly lost, has come back. When somebody who was messed up, really messed up, comes back. When somebody who made some bad decisions, some really bad decisions, decides to get back on track. Church, we have to learn to celebrate when that happens. See, this story is not about just one lost brother. I think there were two. One just stayed home. So God's message to all of us who have it all together is that when we see somebody who comes and they have to get themselves back, they, 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 they have they've blown it, and you know it. They've showed it on social media. they bragged about it to their friends. They, they've, they've made a case for it. They, 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 they've tried to justify it. Celebrate. Because they were lost, but now they're found. And we should celebrate what God celebrates. Amen. Will you stand to your feet, please? Ralph, can you help me? Thank you. Why don't we bow our heads as I kind of wrap everything up here today?
And I wonder across this place, two brothers in this story, the younger one, the younger one made a choice that turned out to be devastating. The, un- the younger one decided that he wanted to do some things his way instead of his father's. And if we are not careful, we'll be guilty of doing the same. And I wonder today if in your thought process, in your life right now, you're, you're at a point where you're considering, or maybe you've already gone there, a choice that is so much outside of God's best for you. It's a relationship that you're entertaining. It's, it's, a, it's a reverting to something that you know you shouldn't do. It's exploring something that is so out of what the Bible has to say to you. It, the list can go on and on. Listen, friend, God the Father is getting your attention today. And he's saying, please stay home. Stay home. I won't stop you, but please, I'm begging you, stay home. And you're at that point. You're at that point where you need to decide to stay home. If that's you, no one's looking around. And I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. So it's, if, if that's you, you say, yeah, I, I, uh, huh. my foot's almost out the door. I'm about ready to make this bad decision or I've already made this bad decision. I need to turn around. If that's you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. That's all I want to do. Let's pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, older brother. Maybe God needs to melt our hearts a little bit more for the lost. Instead of judging them, instead of holding their sin against them and bringing up their past and elevating our our resume, maybe we just need to have the same heart that the Father has. And my prayer for the church would be, God, break our hearts for the prodigal. Break our hearts for the lost. Soften our hearts, Lord Jesus, for those who need to make that home run. So I'm going to pray. And however you need to respond today, can I encourage you to find a place to pray? Maybe you want to come to this altar and pray. Maybe you want to sit at your seat and pray. And just pray to God until you're done with him and he's done with you. And if you find yourselves in the shoes of one of these sons, then today, let this be a day that you are a lot closer to the Father's heart than anyone else. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, first of all, if we're even close to making a decision that would not bring glory to you, God, if we've taken some steps away from your presence and your goodness, if we've let go of your hand, God, we ask you for your forgiveness and we repent of that. God, help us to start that home run. God, to those of us who need our hearts softened for the lost, Jesus, would you just melt our hearts for people that need you?
God, the world has enough judges and critics. Lord, we need God-like compassion for the prodigal. So I pray you speak to your people today. And I'll thank you. Help us to live this out all week long, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.